We've all been there in the middle of a job. Everything's going smoothly until, boom, you're missing a part. United Refrigeration Incorporated is one your one-stop shop for all your refrigeration needs. Use your computer or smartphone to go to URI.com ARP at any time of the day to check stock on your favorite brands. This is Copeland, Sporland, Refrigerant Conversions, Refrigerant Banking, Carlisle Compressors, Danfoss, Emerson, CPC Boards, Sensors, Carol, Husband, KE2 Therm, United Refrigeration Incorporated has home to these brands and many more. All approved accounts are able to see live inventory and pricing. Product not in stock at your local branch, no problem. Use the nearby stock feature to find a local branch that does have what you need. Are you looking for a branch address, phone number, after hours number? That's all available as well. Just click on the branch locator and search your local branch. Have a model number and looking for a replacement part? URI.com slash ARP has a vast list of quick pick replacement parts. Just search the model number of the equipment you're working on and click the replacement tab parts. If you don't have an account, click the register button and we'll have you on the line in no time. United Refrigeration Incorporated has over 400 locations in North America. Every branch is fully stocked for immediate pickup. At United Refrigeration Incorporated, our branch employees have in-depth technical knowledge, so we can help you get what you need when you need it. United Refrigeration Incorporated has all your solutions down cold. Visit your local store or URI.com slash ARP today. Thanks, guys. I'd like to take a minute to talk about one of our sponsors, Parker Sporlin and Thermostatic Expansion Valves. How can you guys always have the right thermostatic expansion valve for the right application without having to carry hundreds of valves in your truck? Well, that's simple. Using Sporlin's interchangeable cartridge-style valves, the Q valve for conventional and the BQ valve for balance port. It, it, it's as easy as one, two, three. It serves thousands of unique applications. So one, you just select a thermostatic element for your application. Two, you select the body style you need. Three, you select the right size cartridge for the application. These easy to select and assemble valves mean you always have the right valve for the job on your truck. For more information on the Q and BQ valves, visit Sporland.com. Thanks guys, enjoy the episode. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Advanced Refrigeration Podcast. You're here with your host, Brett Wetzel and Kevin Compass. I'm stuck. I told you. That's why I, I got out of there when I did. I uh, I booked it out of there as soon as I could, even though I, I mean I was done working. I could have stayed another day and worked worked more, but uh, maybe stop by again. But uh, I was was not chance, and I got the last seat, and then the flight after me they canceled it. So um, oh, my, my we got like seventeen inches of snow. So yeah, Texas has like a half inch ice, maybe maybe one inch. And every single flight, I actually slept at the airport last night in a little hostel type thing. 
And then after that, I was, you know, because the flight was at 4.30 this morning, so it didn't make any sense to leave for a hotel and then come back. And that flight got canceled, and the next one, and the next one, then all of them. So I'm stuck here until Friday. Yeah, that sounds miserable. I guess there's worse places to be stuck. Um, so today I want to go over, we're going to do a quick podcast, guys. Um, been a long week, a lot going on. Brett looks like he's been up for two days straight. Yeah, um, I have. So we're going to go over leak checking, guys. So um, basically checking. So, I mean, it seems to be a thing. It's missed a lot. So um, first things first, you know, I always make sure my leak detector is working. Warm it up outside, you know, where it's not in an environment where it's going to be by any refrigerant. Um, you know, second, second thing, have a good leak detector. Uh, H10PM, uh, great leak detector. Stratus. Better leak detector. Probably the best leak detector on the market right now. Um, How about the big old back rack? What's that, the PZ? I don't like that thing, man. Really? It's good, but like a Stratus is just as good to me. I mean, that thing like went out of, uh, you know, when the Stratus came around to me. Like it's it's bulky. It's hard to get in places. It's a pain in the ass. Guys plug the filters up all the time. I mean, it's expensive. You know, a guy has it in his van, he breaks it. I mean, it has its place, but I mean, with the with the Stratus coming out, I, I don't see that thing anymore. Like, I haven't used that thing in like probably two years. And we have like anything between the branch. We have like three of them. I don't I don't see it used a lot anymore. Yeah, I just have two H10s. I don't I don't think I've ever actually used the Stratus. I don't. I've never owned one. Yeah, see, I have a Stratus and I have two H10s. Um, yeah. But I the Stratus the the thing about the Stratus is nice is it has the dual uh, use because I could use it for CO two swap another cartridge in there and I could use it for CO two. Yeah, I think I think the cartridge is like ninety bucks for that. I believe. I have no idea. I mean, obviously, yeah. the company buys that, but uh, so I mean, yeah, I mean, you could use you could use the dual usage in the battery last way longer than the H ten, which is my only complaint about the H ten is the battery is you know a you know, 60 year old lead acid battery still. I mean, yeah, you have to change them every year on the H10. I mean, I've had the same two leak detectors. One I think is like 13 years old. The other one's 15 years old. I and used to keep I, like my truck. I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, I change, I change the battery every year. I change the sensor every year because then it doesn't, you know, cause any weird draw on it, you know? Yeah. And it works just fine. When you, when you uh, leak check, you know, do, do you actually calibrate it outside like you're supposed to? Yes. Is yeah, it because you do have like heat reclaiming there that you know you could basically find find a leak in the air or no? Uh, yeah. Basically, uh, you could find a leak in the air. Um, you could find, uh, you know, you could have a leak where when you first walk in. I mean, you want to calibrate it outside where you know there's no leak. So, so do you do the cases first? So generally, I start the rack first. I always usually start at the rack. So I'll warm it up. I'll walk in. Obviously, if I'm walking in and it goes nuts, then I'm going to, you know, respond to that. But, like, I generally walk in, and I go straight up to the rack, and I leak check the rack. Let's be honest, because the majority of the leaks are in the rack room. I mean, that's where the most vibration is. That's where the most uh, piping is, you know, all, all the valves, you know, flare nuts, stuff like that. And I spend my time going thoroughly through the rack, you know, Obviously, if I don't find anything in the rack room and I'll see any oil anywhere, then I'll move on. I'll check the condenser. 
It's an overlooked wait, thing. Wait, 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 wait. I got to stop you here because you don't shut anything down? Not not in the first initial sweep, no. Oh, okay. Like, I do, you know, this is how I do it. Like, I, I sweep the rack room. If I don't find anything in the rack room, I move on to the condenser because it overlooked a lot. Like, I pop my head up there, make sure there's no fans through it, um, make sure I got nothing leaking, run by the condenser real quick, check the PRV, uh, you know, vent upstairs, put the leak detector in there, make sure nothing's uh, come through the PRVs. And then I'll go down to the cases and start checking cases and walk-ins. And then I'll go through there and I'll go thoroughly and slowly. You know, I'll go through glass doors one by one. You know, leave it in there. Um, walk in slow. Same thing with the cases. I'll pop my head up on top. If I got piping on top of cases, I'll, you know, put my leak detector up top. You know, my hand up there. The uh, Stratus has a, a wand extension on it, which is nice. You could get like another 18 inches out of it, I think. And I'll... You know, sweep on top of the there if there's valve stations up there. You know, then if I don't find anything, then I will start shutting things off. That's my go-to. I will go to the machine room, shut the compressors off, let the suction pressure build up, let everything warm up. I don't know how many times I've seen guys miss small suction leaks that get big when things go into hot gas um, in the mechanical room and stuff by not doing that. I'll let the everything warm up, let the pressures come up. And then I'll recheck the mechanical room. I mean, I've found so many leaks by doing this, by shutting anything off, shutting off of the airflow in the room, the exhaust fan, head cooling fans. It just makes it a lot easier to, to track it down. Now, this is the nice thing about the Stratus. If you have a big leak in the mechanical room and you can't find it with the H10 because the head cooling fans are throwing everything, throwing it in that PPM mode is great because you could basically, you know, that thing's like a bloodhound. It'll, it'll, it'll take you right to where that leak is. By watching the PPM increase. Yeah, and that's why I shut everything down. Like every, just like you said, it raises up the suction pressure. Head pressure stays pretty steady, and then you know, basically, shut off the all the PRVs, and start with the top. Go from the top and work your way down with the leak detector. Just because you know, refrigerant is heavier than air, so it wants to travel onto the ground. So by starting at the top, you're more likely to pinpoint your leak where you know when you're going through the whole rack. Yeah, and then obviously if I don't find the mechanical room, I'm going back down to the cases, and I'm checking the cases. I don't know how many times I've found leaks, you know, smaller leaks in the cases that turn big when they go into defrost, say like it's a medium temp case, and when the EPR shuts, it starts blowing out of a suction line, or like vice versa, low temp does the same thing. It starts blowing out of a suction line somewhere, but it only may have like 10 pounds on it, and it may be covered in ice, and when it's not in defrost, and it may not be as bad of a leak. And then same thing if I'm doing, if I find a, a row of glass doors leaking, okay, and I can't find the leak, and it's it's going off in the glass doors, I'll open all the doors up, okay, I'll let it air out for like 10 minutes, maybe five minutes, and I'll take the leak detector back in there. Usually you could pinpoint it on the actual case it's at. It'll start, you know, chirping little bits here and there or start going off. But that, again, this is where the Stratus is king, you walk up to it generally without even venting it out. I could tell what case it is by throwing it in PPM mode and walking the case. And as it starts going up, 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 boom, it's in this case, I pull the bottom pan and usually I can find it. That do you, that, do you shut that, off the fans? Sometimes. It depends. If hardly ever no. Today's episode is sponsored by the new Reefer Shield differential pressure monitor from Westermeyer Industries. 
When the filter element of your coalescing oil separator is contaminated, it can hurt your system's performance and efficiency. But how do you know when it's time to replace that filter? Way too long to replace and you could end up with a nasty filter blowout. But replacing too often can be a waste of time and money. The answer is installing a differential pressure monitor. The new Reefer Shield RDP-01 differential pressure monitor is available now from Westermeyer Industries. To find out more information, email sales at westermeyerind.com. That's sales at westermeyerind.com. In cases, I usually don't have to. I mean, by the, by the time you find out which case it is, you know, the lineup or wherever it's at, I mean, you generally know in the area of uh, um, where it is. I guess that's maybe why I shut them down because I use the H10, so I don't have a PPM gauge to keep reading. You know what I mean? So I just I shut down all the fans. You know, find you know if it's a three uh, a three debt three set lineup where you have three separate cases on that one that that you know is separated from the next case. I'll just open up up on all the doors and shut off all the fans and go in there and then find it that way. Usually with the H10, I'll just turn it, I'll open all the doors up and I'll turn it down and usually find it that way. Um, I don't usually turn the fans off unless I absolutely have to. But again, that's where like the H10, I mean, I used to hate DTEX, hate them. The Select was a terrible leak detector for me. Like I, I had like five or six of them and they would miss leaks constantly. With the H10, the H10 would fine, but like the DTAC or the uh, Stratus, that thing is, I have zero issues with it. I've had like three of them now, and uh, all three of them have like outperformed the H10 in every every aspect. It's funny you say that because like I, I've talked to some guys where they live and die by the DTEC select. They're like, it's the best leak detector. I'm like, I really like my H10, you know, and, and- then hey, like the TIFF Blue Banana. That's all I used to use. Like that thing was great, but like there's guys out there that absolutely hated it. Um, that blue banana, like the TIFF stopped making it. Like the Z- ZX leak detector, I used to use that thing all the time. It was great. I would find tons of leaks with it, but uh, uh, the Stratus definitely is you know out there. Now, same thing. If you guys aren't finding the leaks in a store, like um, if you're having trouble finding a leak in a store, shut the HVAC off. Get all the air movement to stop in that area. Shut the HVAC off. You know, start leak checking on top of boxes. Because usually when you shut the HVAC off, you may find a leak that's being hidden that's up in the overhead. Um, you're not finding anything leaks, then it's time to start check checking the underground and overhead. Um, generally, what I do is take an Armo knife up with me and a scissor lift, slice a couple spots in the Armoflex, stick the, uh, you know, a, a quick slice i'll stick the leak detector just above it don't stick it in it because like the h10 and the stratus will go off it's their heated diode leak detectors so when you block the airflow it heats the diode up and then it makes it look like it's a leak so um just don't shove it in there and the same with the h10 don't suck up moisture in that thing it's very sensitive to that so like you want to keep it just above the armaflex where you slit it and if you start picking it up I mean, move on, you know, just start going further down the line and slit it again. If it gets, you know, let it vent out a little bit. And if it gets higher as you go, you're getting closer to leak. If it gets lower than you go, you go the opposite way in the pipe run. And uh, that I would isolate that pipe run and 
you know, pressurize it up, you know, shut the suction off, shut the liquid off, let it pressurize up so you can find that leak. Just keep moving forward or backwards, you know, following the PPM or the leak detector, how much more it's going off. That's how I generally find the overhead leaks. I mean, and then start ripping the armor. But usually by the time you get close, if it's if it's covered in armor flex, it's going to be covered in oil soon. Have you ever had one that you couldn't pinpoint in the underground? And, you know, we, we at one point we had so much ice on some of the stuff because the pipes were, you know, under there for a good 20 years. And they'll get ice around it, which sometimes will encapsulate that, that you know, the lines. what? It'll crush the lines. Yeah. So like we've, we've tried to, you know, basically shut down this one and, you know, raise the suction pressure as high as the liquid pressure. And if the PPM then starts rising with that, mm -hmm. that's the only way that I know to figure it out. Cause if well, you can't pinpoint it like that, you, you, you know, you end up having to basically cut and cap every single system, you know, separate from the rack. So you can basically pressurize it and see if it does yep. go down. Generally when we have that issue, like if I, if I see that shit and it's leaking like that and the pit is full of ice, I'm recommending that they repipe everything overhead. And generally, most of these customers have been doing it just for the fact that if there's one crush line down there, there's probably multiple crush lines down there. So I, I am like, I am, I hate underground. Like, I think it's the worst idea you could ever do. Um, Even if, it, if it's not, like, if it's ran, ran in jacketing, like in PVC jacketing, it's still gonna, it's still gonna get water down there. If you if you do it perfect, Armaflex is still gonna crack down there. It's still gonna get water down there. I mean, it's 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 just all around not a good idea. Like, I'm not a fan of underground. You pipe it overhead; it looks just as good. I think it looks it it cleaner overhead anyway, um, and it's easier to service later on. But yeah, so like leak checking that stuff, checking ball valve caps, um, checking. Uh, check all your compressors when they're uh running i mean just leak check over everything receiver uh checking over the receiver pressurization valves checking over the uh receiver gauges are a big leak uh big leak spot um heat reclaim i generally get inside the unit air off with the blower off and just check over the coil go ahead brett what did you have to say I was going to ask if you're in a windy area, because I mean, a lot of your stuff is on the roofs of high rises and stuff. So like when checking for a condenser, um, what do you, what do you end up doing? I mean, if it's that bad, you might see a little oil, but not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Generally, most of the time, a condenser leaks are like, in my experience, like there's usually oil, like mm -hmm. a lot of it, but like, I'll generally like go by the tubes, the tube sheets, and I'll just run my leak detector around the edge of the header because that's usually where the leaks are or the uh the other the uh other end i mean i'll check that and i'll just run it as close as close to it as i can or on top of the fan bank when it's blowing out usually it'll it'll blow it out and the stratus has been pretty good at picking them up so we had we had a proto air uh up there <laughs> where the condenser coil let go and and you know the guy was all over the rack you know, sp you know ripping everything off spraying everything down because you get a hit not get a hit not get a hit you know back and forth and finally i you know i told him just shut everything down go up there with a tarp with some magnets mm -hmm. just to to stop the flow of air just going through it because that's what was throwing him off it was you know three feet over here and then two feet over here and he just he wasn't able to pinpoint until he, yeah, you know, at, that, at that point all you could do is tarp it and kind of like trap it in there and try not to hot box yourself with uh, refrigerant <laughs> um 
But yeah, I mean that that's generally what I do. Like, I mean, just take leak attack leak leak looking uh slow. I mean, just go slow, you know, keep your eyes open. I generally throw some good music on and uh I just kind of go slow and just watch the leak detector. And once I get to that point where I, I start, you know, finding it, I'll take my ear protection off and I'll start, you know, looking for the leak or sound hearing it. But like uh generally just go slow, get on top of boxes. I don't know how many times guys miss leaks when they're on top they're on top of boxes that they don't get on top of boxes and check. I mean, look at line solenoids up on up there. Like there's all kinds of stuff up there. Like guys, get on top of the boxes, get and on top of boxes. Usually up there. I mean, that's usually where a lot of the stuff after a retrofit gets forgotten. Yes. Right. It's because, you know, no, one, you know, no one's seeing that every single box has a, a solenoid on top, you know, for, you know, you know, and think about it. It makes sense. But like, usually if you have a leak in the box, it's going to shut down that liquid line solenoid to empty out. So it doesn't keep pumping refrigerant in there, you know? Yeah, so like guys, get on top of the boxes, get on the piping penetrations where they come into the building. I mean, overhead leaks get missed a lot. Like if you can't find a leak in a store and you add gas and it's a significant amount, I mean, you can't find the cases, the racks. I'm recommending an overhead leak check, you know, so that I can come in there at night or early in the morning and check the overhead and with the scissor lift and the lifts. Good. What water water reclaim? Uh, one of the ways that I leak check that because unfortunately a lot. I mean, unless the stratus is different. A lot of time, the leak detector will. will actually fare well. I mean, it'll it'll go off at the with at the phone because the phone yes. is made with uh, you know I don't know if these exactly CFCs, but it's something in there that basically makes that leak detector go buck. Um, so usually what I'll usually what I'll do is is you know depressurize it, you know get it all the way down to suction pressure as low as you can. Stick the leak detector in there just to get a baseline of what I'm getting from the uh, from that material in there, and and get it so it's not chirping while it's actually sitting there. And then I'll repressurize it with discharge gas, and sometimes I can see, actually see it come up that way. So, some other times you can also have a leak inside on the water side, which I've seen. Where not, on the on the streamlines and mules, they're actually they're not inside the the jacketing; they're actually wrapped around the outside. Are they okay? So, so I've, had, I've had some where like you had you hit the uh, relief and just enough that air came out and then basically my leak detector went off. Yeah, so like the the Mueller and the actual thermostor tanks, those are actually wrapped around the outside and foamed. So they That's actually cool. wrap the coil around the outside of the tank and they foam it. Um, I don't know about everybody else, but I usually only see Mueller streamline and. Uh, um, thermostore tanks those are all wrapped but like what i do is i with this stratus i get a baseline like you i get close to it and then i usually leave it like just above the top piping penetration and the bottom one and i'll see what it's beeping at if it's going like nuts usually it's about 20 ppm if it's going nuts like 50 70 80 ppm the tank's leaking and then i'll generally just isolate the tank blow it down and uh, cut it loose and pressurize it um but that's how i generally handle the heat reclaim stuff um same thing with like uh if you have any glycol coils uh we had this instance where we had a couple glycol coils uh heat exchangers crack and uh guys miss it and it's you know randomly there's P the relief uh things going off in a rack room for the uh leak detector because it's going out of the air separator so with that i isolate the heat exchangers i blow them down the glycol side and i put the stratus by the uh the drain if it starts going off like nuts and ppm starts spiking i know i got i know i got refrigerant there because glycol will not set off the leak detector 
So I generally will isolate it. I'll blow it down and I'll see if the glycol side starts building pressure. If it starts building pressure, I know there's refrigerant in there. So that's another way to like check the glycol side of it. Um, CO2 that turns into an absolute clusterfuck because usually the CO2 ends up going backwards into the DX refrigerant. Um, that would be wretched. Yeah, it's bad. I've had it happen on two different racks. Well, guys, I mean, that was a quick uh, leak check uh, one. We'll, we'll do a different one on CO2. That that, that, that one, in a sense, could take a while. So um, we just want to do a quick one on leak checking this week. Uh, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, see you in the next one. Later, guys. How'd you do that? Hi. It's actually, I'm not even mad. That's amazing. Yeah, maybe that's it. They all been asking how to get these people listening. See, they don't understand how music can be simple shit. Just mixing in a little pop culture. I'm a pickle Rick. Turn myself into a pickle, Morty. Boom. Big reveal. I'm a pickle. I'm pickle Rick. Wow, dude. I, I, honestly, I don't even know what we're doing at this point. This is this is too much.